0: This is a Media Lab podcast. Welcome to Kyle and Dave versus the Machine. My name is Kyle. Apparently, I'm
1: a puppet.
0: You're a so Gelfling, gross. is what you Ew. are there, Dave. Better than a skexus Oh, I know. I love their mouths. And I'm the machine. This is, of course, a podcast where a sentient machine is forcing us each season to watch movies from a specific year in order to prevent it from starting the apocalypse. That year just so happens to be 1982 this season. Just
2: by accident. Just, just by, by chance. Accident. Yeah, no choice involved.
0: Not at all. The machine still threatens our lives if we don't review the films it asks us to, although we do tend to talk about the ideas of the movie rather than the movie itself. And today, we're going to be watching the film The Dark Crystal. In a place outside time lies a mystical realm
2: of sound and vision.
0: A wondrous civilization. where good and evil struggle to possess the dark crystal. Of course, a big thank you to our patrons over on Patreon. Their contributions help us continue the show, since, you know, the machine doesn't help us pay for these movies. Plus, each month we do a bonus episode over there. Dave, have you decided what our Mm. bonus movie is going to be this month? Yes. Is it going to be the hospital right. or is it going to be Punishment Park? Because we left right. it up to you over on the Patreon.
2: I, it's going to be a surprise for our Patreon guests. Oh, okay. Yeah, but i definitely surprise. put a lot of thought into that mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I've made a
0: decision. And it totally isn't just you remembering right now in the moment.
2: No, I mean, that would, <laughs> that would, be, that would insinuate that I just show up for these
0: things. Right. right. Yeah. Now, before we jump into like our history with this film, I th- Dave, you know. I'm a tinkerer, right? I like to tinker. So gross.
2: Yeah, that's (laughs) you always see me
0: tinker in our way. For for new (laughs) listeners coming aboard, you may not know this, but currently David and I are actually trapped legitimately in the year 1982. We are physically in the year of 1982. We are drinking old Coke. We are experiencing the, uh, the 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 Rubik's cube. You know. Is that a uh, thing already? Okay. Was it by 82? I'm pretty know. sure it was. I'm not going to Google it. Anyways, but the, how did we get here? Uh, quick backstory, just to fill everyone else in. I made this sentient robot. Oh, we're going back three years. Yeah, yeah okay. Well, I made a robot, yeah. and, it, and, it, and it accidentally became sentient. Uh, mm. I trapped Dave to start doing a podcast with me, right. and then through some it's disgusting magical runes that we came across. We were runes. thrown onto a spaceship. Oh, okay. And we had to travel all the way back only to find out that the Earth was 1982. And now, because of some bad skipped business the whole dealings. We season. We were in know, 1971 but we, for a while. We only did okay. make this no, 25 fine. minutes long. Dave. You started
2: day one, not me. Mm-hmm. I mean, could have started this
0: season. And now, and now, because of some bad business dealings, I blame Dave, has D.D.S. stole our what? own arcade forgot, from out, out, from under yes. Us, yes. out from under us, and we had to hitchhike to this abandoned cabin in the woods, and that is where we currently are doing it. I'm
1: already exhausted.
0: But uh, I'm taking it away again, Dave. I think I want to maybe build some more machines here again, and just to see where it goes. Oh, we're going to build a new machine with I'm parts you salvaged machine.
2: from a shed in 1982. It's going to turn out well.
0: Yeah, like I found some old hardware out in the woods.
2: No, yeah, it's going to turn out really well.
0: I can't wait. I can short can't circuit wait. this. I can Johnny Five it.
2: Is Short Circuit out yet? That was a good movie.
0: No, I don't think right? the first one's out yet. Well, but.
2: technically, Brown Face. So, you know. Well, um, not technically,
0: hold, it was Brown Face.
2: Doesn't hold up that
0: well for that part. <laughs> right, right, right. But, uh, but yeah. um, it was, I'm sure everything is going to turn out completely oh, yeah. fine. It's been great so far. You haven't made a single mm-hmm. bad decision
2: in three years. And
0: that is our deep and rich story that we were building here week upon week. Velvety, on this podcast. even. Honestly, mm-hmm. I think it's part, mostly the reason people tune into this is to learn what's happening with Kyle and Dave this week. They're just the water
2: on? cool and they're like, have you heard? They're in a shed. They're in a, <laughs> they're shed. In a
0: shed. Oh my gosh. It's basically Breaking Bad level, the fandom that, uh, about what we're, we're up to. We should get into, the, into our history here. I think the big one is this. What is your history with jim henson
2: oh me and jimmy jimmy's a good boy Mm -hmm. you know i i love everything that he's built it's obviously culture forming for people of my generation we grew up on the muppets the sesame street uh, muppet show and then um you know this film and i i now have just this assumption that anytime i see a puppet on tv it's designed and manufactured by the jim henson company that's not true anymore but it was for no, a but
0: the I, there is this kind of remarkable thing that even like, not that like puppetry has really, I don't think this is my own opinion, expanded since Ooh, like just Jim passed away. Like you know what I our mean?
2: Entire audience. Yeah,
0: <laughs> I'm just saying that if you ever see like a puppet that yeah. looks Muppet like,
2: yeah, it's the same. It, it's
0: because they are emulating what he did, right? Yes. It's not like some auteur is coming in like, no, I'm the puppet master now and has like this well, new design that people are trying to emulate.
2: John Cusack tried. In uh, being John Malkovich, and he had a pretty emotive marionette. <laughs> that's right, that's yeah. right.
0: <laughs> I totally forgot about that, that. That's what he was doing. The, here is my my hot take Gross. about that specifically, because I'm just like you, of course. Like Jim Henson was, I think, deeply forming to me as like uh,
2: your puppet daddy.
0: Like yeah. what I like, like what I enjoy, the humor yeah. that I like. I don't know. There's just something about the Muppets themselves that just very close to me. I, I I they they do resonate with me a whole lot. Um I think it's just the whole idea about putting on a show. I think that's honestly the biggest thing, because that's really what most of the Muppet movies, the Muppet Show was all about that. Sesame Street, of course, I grew up on. And nobody remembers this except for me, I feel like. But there was this short-lived Jim Henson show. God, eighty. It was mid '80s, mid to late '80s. Called the Storyteller, is what it was called. You can actually watch the whole thing on YouTube. Like the the whole every thirteen episodes, I think, are up on there. Which was just like old fairy tales, but told with like new puppets. It wasn't Kermit or Miss Piggy or anything like that. It was just puppets telling these stories, and kind of like this movie in the middle of completely adult and completely kid Like Like, it was kind of situated in the in in the middle. We'll sort talk of thing. about
2: that. This movie is. Not that kitty, frankly. Well, yeah. well,
0: we'll get into that. I don't think it's completely adult either, though. Like, there's some pretty gag moments, like, light moments that are made for kids, in my opinion.
2: Uh, wow. Gag moments made for kids. But the
0: 80s were a different time, I think, for children's entertainment. The, the big thing is, like, Jim Henson was a big part of me growing up. I still remember when it was announced that he passed away. It was a big moment when I was a kid, and it was sad. Shocking,
2: yeah. It and if an you old- want
0: a real good cry... Something that's also on YouTube is you can go and watch his funeral on YouTube. Because uh, <laughs> it was broadcast, it was broadcast on television. I'm just saying,
2: why would you, why would you affect our listener and tell them to go watch a funeral? You're such an asshole. Like, why don't you just have them look at a video that celebrates his life? Well, it's not like you.
0: It's not like it's an open casket, Dave. Jesus Christ. Oh my God. It's so beautiful because it's all the Muppeteers who come up and they do songs and stories and all that kind of stuff. And then the very last performance like totally breaks me. It's like, it's so beautiful. It's not easy being green. Yeah. No, no. It's (laughs) if if, uh, just one person (laughs) believes in you actually is what the song is that they sing.
2: Kyle is tearing up on Zoom. I am. It's it's such a
0: beautiful moment. I know that you have a cold husk of a heart, Dave, so you're never moved by anything. But for me, it's those. I feel
2: nothing. I feel nothing. Nothing. I'm one step away from being an automaton.
1: There's only room for one of those on this show.
0: That is all backstory to what what I was leading up to, which is like my hot take is this. I wish someone would come and take over the mantle of trying to make puppetry a thing. I think it's just a very interesting way to do storytelling. And no one has really tried to do it since Jim Henson passed away outside of, like, the Jim Henson company that it's occasionally does something. But there's not, like, people making feature-length films. Or are like, we're just going to use puppets. We're just going to use puppets and try and advance this art form into something well, that we can do they... feature-length films with.
2: They rebooted the Muppets a couple of times. But, you know, if you're talking about... But that still
0: has someone people reinventing. It, that's my thing. It. It's like, yeah. I'm talking just puppets only.
2: Yeah, trying to reinvent that idea. I mean, not all puppets in this film either. There were some children stand-ins, but...
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. But you know what I mean. Like, <laughs> It's not like, oh my God, Steve Martin is here in t- doing yeah. a scene with, with Kermit the Frog.
2: Do you think there's an appetite for that? I, I think that... You know, even if you watch kids shows, because I've been watching a lot of kids shows. The, this, is the last you it.
0: this is you poo-pooing it, Dave. No, but I'm I feel asking like a is,
2: real question here.
0: I am. I, I'm going to give you a real answer, which well, is. Well, you're not.
2: You're just talking over me before mm-hmm. I've made my point. <laughs> All right, keep going.
0: <laughs> my point is this, is that yeah. this is like such a North American point of view. It's like, well, animation is just for children and only children can enjoy animation.
2: That is not, that is not my point. No, no, that that was what you were
0: really up with. There's no, no appetite. Well, you have to make it for people to have an appetite for it.
2: No, there's no, no. The question was not a statement. The question was, is there an appetite for puppetry? And I think that, I think there isn't. I think it, it moved too far into the realm of weird with the, if you go marionettes and sure, too far sure. in the realm of children because of the Muppets and somewhere in the middle, when we watch the dark crystal, it makes it very odd for the average viewer because you don't know which world you're in. So for someone to look at that and say, you know, I'm going to make a completely different process of mechanizing a puppet without CGI, because yeah, we just rely on blue sure. screen or whatever it is now.
0: I mean, there's some compositing and stuff that's going on here too. There like is... We just
2: watch Paddington again. I'd rather watch Paddington than watch, you know, like a furry Muppet doing Paddington.
0: I, I think, okay, I, I, it's I, tough I, one, I think right? confusing two different things here. I am I'm really leaning into the Dark Crystal idea where... The the idea is that it's only puppets on screen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's kids in costumes and stuff. I get yeah, that. I don't I don't think the world saying, I don't think the world cares. I don't um I think that there could be I think be. you care. I know that I weird. care and stuff like that. Yeah, but again, yeah. I think it's just that that idea of no one has tried it or attempted to do something new with it. It's always relying on, well, we're going to do the Muppets again, or we're going to try and do a Muppet like Stand up and stuff like that. But I don't think fundamentally, fundamentally, I don't think there's a huge difference between this and stop motion animation, which you're still using kind of puppets, sort of, and clay and animate and and moving it frame by frame and stuff. And there's just huge undertaking we, that goes yeah, with but it.
2: Do we have stop motion animation?
0: Like is the only studio that's doing it. There's only one studio in the world that does it. Yes.
2: Yeah. I don't know. That's the thing. It's all niche we now. Did and Bigfoot,
0: it, I think most recently, there's a new one coming out on Netflix again. It's by like, it's the only. Oh,
2: yeah, 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 yeah. Although that's not augmented. And
0: I guess Ardman Studios does it too. And yes, it's augmented. it's augmented okay. slightly, but. They are still using models. I would say a good 80% of it is models and they're okay. moving it frame by frame. And all that kind
2: of yeah, stuff. I, and I know the, the computer generating studios are trying to do the inverse of that and yes. add in, um, yeah, this sort of uh, staggered it frame rates like to make it. it look like it, yeah. Mm-hmm. And doing these sort of like uh, fusions between animated and 3D generated films. And that's the thing about innovation. There's a nostalgia, you're, you're a big nostalgia guy. You know, you have a lot of like, oh, you know, things are better back when I was two. No, no. That's
0: a misrepresentation. That's such a misrepresentation (laughs) of my point.
2: Whereas I look at it, I'm like, you know, uh, the dark crystal has not aged that well. We'll talk about that. We will talk about uh, that. Yeah. uh, Do we want that with a high? Oh, there was. Did you watch the show on Netflix? I didn't actually watch it, but we'll we'll get to that.
0: I want to have a conversation about that. So maybe that's
2: maybe it has your answer there.
0: Again, but it's the same property. I'm I'm looking for like new. I'm just saying, clearly didn't like, like that. it.
2: But okay, let's go. Yeah, let's talk about the movie. <laughs> no, I just
0: I I think there is. I think that the, I just want someone to try try it out and see. What opportunities are there? Because the, the artistry that goes into the making oh, of crazy. these creatures is like off the charts, like yeah. bonkers, like what they have to do to make this all work and feel seamless for the most part. But Do people care anymore? And I think it's fantasy. I, I think know. it has to be fantasy first, what the Dark Crystal does. Of it course. It has to be kind of an yeah. otherworldly feel to it. My position is that I think there's just someone out there that could do it. I just don't think there's an audience it for just it. just requires someone to try it. It's a hard sell. I get it. It's a hard sell. I
2: don't know, man. I mean, I think I agree with you in the artistic intent like it would be cool mm-hmm. for someone to be creative with it but in the climate in the world we live in the movie environment we live in there's nobody's funding this shit because you will never get a mass audience to sit down in a theater shell of 15 bucks to watch but,
0: a, but in a. but but in our world we don't need a mass audience we only need niche audiences anymore so you only need like that small portion oh, of the like public to care
2: push it to netflix well they yeah, yeah. they tried dark crystal there might be more that we don't know. There might be a European film. Or something I like should, last or something.
0: Point And then, yeah, fine. We'll move on. Last point and, and we'll move on.
2: Is there like a European film or an Asian film or an indie film that's done this and we're just not, it's that's not I think. Up. I
0: mean, the, the closest is going to be Team America. That's the only thing I could really <laughs> think about. But again, that's marionette weird things oh, that man. they're intentionally making a joke about the fact that they're puppets. You want to
2: talk about the coffee, the coffee scene in, uh, in Dead Men Don't Wear Plaid? Mm -hmm, mm and the puking scene that's that's a funnier version of that
0: joke (laughs) fine it's the same joke but whatever (laughs) but you brought up there is what i think is kind of interesting obviously there's a lot of effort and time and care that goes into the making of puppets puppetry and you have to be trained a little bit on how to move maneuver them and stuff a lot i'm actually fascinated that there isn't more indie films done that way who can't afford like cg or like high special effects like let's just make puppets
2: no it's too expensive to do well the thing about puppets and what I think—I mean, I—I'm just going to presume what makes Jim Henson special is that—I mean, obviously puppets and marionettes have predated Jim Henson by mm-hmm. gen, like a mm-hmm. thousand, like a thousand years. You know, this a yeah, classical yeah. idea of uh, putting on shows, not just for children. But he was able to imbue the sense of life to them you know their emotive how he mechanized how they speak how their arms work Uh, and then with the more advanced models as they got a bigger budget and we start seeing like even with uh, the skeptics like they have not gills but their their bodies moving as they breathe yeah you know that's that stuff is so next level that's not the cheap stuff that's not a guy putting no. a sock on his hand. I mean, that's Ed the Sock or fucking, what's uh, <laughs> yeah. that champion dog or, you know, those assholes. Uh, yeah, Triumph,
0: that, the intro comic dog, yeah.
2: So that's low budget and that sure. stuff does exist. I'm sure if you YouTube, <laughs> YouTube yeah, it, yeah, you'll yeah. get all kinds of weird shit. <laughs> but if you want to do this cinema quality, you got to pay. I you got to pay real money now. It's hard. It's got to be hard. It's got to be hard to put these things together. I couldn't even tell you where to start i i would get a piece of felt and i would just start to cry. even
0: even reading <laughs> up on the making of this movie I'm like jeez like just to talk about the skexis specifically it required two people because one person was using their left hand to control the face the and mouth and all those things one was doing their right hand and then the second person had to do the left hand so you had to coordinate with two people to make them walk around
2: the, what are they
0: called the ascetics or the-, the yeah yes I've watched this movie like three times and I still can't remember where all their names are. But they're
2: not really in the movie, right? Other than to mirror, I mean, we'll talk about that, but they have four arms, right? And and they have stuff like that. It's cool. Like, I love it.
0: Have you ever seen how, like, Big Bird it was moved around?
2: Not inside, but there's more than one person involved. So the
0: inside of Big Bird, right, is like, it's someone inside, right? So the feet are being controlled by the feet. Your right hand is up doing the mouth, and then there's a seesaw mechanism that controls the, the, the arms. arms. Oh, so it's so still
2: only one puppeteer. It's there. still
0: just one person, but that that's guy, why. What's his name? But it's this yeah. weird thing. You'll never see, like, or very rarely will be really lift both hands at the same time. Mm. It's because it's a seesaw thing. So you have to keep <laughs> maneuvering it exactly how you want to. So that's the it's thing. Like, how do you?
2: I mean, we wouldn't know how to answer this question, but no, how do, you, how do you take a step away and above that? That's mm-hmm. a tough question, right? So. Maybe people are trying, they just can't make a puppet that to I, tops I, a yeah. Muppet.
0: I, I think that has to be the case. Like that,
2: your favorite bear, right? What's his name? Bobo, uh, I think is what his hilarious, name is. Yeah. But he's, you know, his fingers move like they, that, yeah, yeah. the 90s created some Muppets where even today you're like, oh man, like. That looks like a real being right. even though we know it's not so
0: to that point like you you talk with any actor who get a like, on sesame street or, or right. is in the muppet movie it's like you're talking to the muppet even though you know the guy's right there he's yeah. controlling it. it's like i'm talking to the muppet that's just yeah, <laughs> like the hilarious thing it's right? magical at least yeah. as a viewer i mean we don't know behind the
2: scenes maybe they all hated each other but
1: should i reveal that i've been a puppet this whole time
0: well discussing that frank oz what is your relationship with frank oz because he's the co-director of this movie
2: um, yeah, he's directed the movies, voiced Yoda, involved with a lot of, uh, Miss Piggy as well. Miss Piggy, not right, right. Sorry. I mean, uh, what's her name in this, Auger uh, Augur or whatever? Uh, Augra. It's like a female Yoda. Mm-hmm. And, um, what did he direct? Uh, the tower <laughs> and, with, uh, well, yeah. With he, did, he did a little shop of horrors. He yeah. did dirty
0: rotten scoundrels. He yeah. did, um,
2: uh, what about Bob?
0: Yeah, there's another big one, though, too, and I'm just totally Death blanking on. Death at a on.
2: Funeral, sorry, I'm just looking at this. Yeah, so there's
0: story. a bunch of good ones. Uh, I kind of think I'm a bit of an underrated comedy director, to be honest with you. I think he has a, a handful of kind of great culture-forming movies. What's hilarious is, like, this happens with any even, like, um where there's people that do multiple voices. Like, even in this, like, oh, that's a Jim Henson voice. Oh, that's a Frank Oz voice. Because they have, like, their six or seven, <laughs> and it's kind of just variations on a theme. So it's really well, interesting.
2: He directed a Bullfinger.
0: Oh, that's it. That's we talked about it. Yeah.
2: Great movie. We suck. YouTube's right. We should yeah. just quit.
0: <laughs> Call yourself interviewers. Don't know who Marino Hero is.: <laughs> You don't even know how she.:
2: You don't even know Marino Hero.: We should
0: fucking quit. For the record, we knew who she was. It's just like <laughs> She's we' hadn't not in seen the movie,
2: the... <laughs> you fucking racist prick All right, anyways. Anyways, anyways, let's, let's Get to me.
0: Get... beside the
2: point.: <laughs> If you like John Wayne, you're mm-hmm. listening to the wrong podcast. We'll just put that out there.
0: Yeah, until we talk about Rio Bravo, and then I'll be like, "This is the best movie western that he was ever in." <laughs> Fight me. So yeah, Frank Oz. Frank Oz is great. He also appears as an actor occasionally. He was in Knives Out as the lawyer. So if you want to see a recent Frank Oz performance, that's a way to do it. Uh, this movie. What's your history with this movie? Did you see this like in the eighties at all?
2: Uh, I don't remember my childhood. I mean, I've watched this several times. I was for this recording. I turned it on. And I realized I've watched this. Maybe in the last two years, I think mm. I tried to show Emerson thinking it was a kids' movie and we had to turn it off.
0: Right, right. Because it's not. I will, I'm going to continue to push back on that. I think it is actually no, closely. You it's actually very close to very children. It's ch- because you don't have children. Um, it may not be a child's movie in 2022, but it's definitely a child's movie when it was released no. in 1982.
2: No, this is a kind of movie where if you brought anyone younger than 12, they would have cried and left the theater.
0: Okay, I mean uh, that same thing happened to The Lion King, and that's still a kids' movie.
2: No, people don't cry in The Lion King.
0: Uh, yes, they do. when Mufasa dies. Spoiler <laughs> alert.
2: I'm not talking about the emotional uh, parts of this film. I mean, this is, this movie's grotesque.
0: Yeah. yeah. Why should kids not be afraid? Oh, well. All right. We'll talk about that. Um, that was actually also Jim Hansen's point of view, too. It's like children should be afraid when they go and see movies.
2: Yeah, yeah that's fine. But uh, this is, yeah. <laughs> but I can all remember before that. How often I've seen it, but uh, yeah, I know um, of it. I I know in it, like what happens in it. Yeah, and,
0: uh, I I definitely yeah. knew of it. Definitely remember being at, uh, not advertised, but um, like seeing it in like the video rental stores and that sort of thing. There's comics I remember when I was a kid that I would oh, kind of yeah? see them in the comic store. Uh, never picked them up, of course. I, so I knew of this movie for a long, long time. But I guess I was just a Labyrinth kid because I remember watching Labyrinth say, a bunch yeah. of times.
2: This gets conflated. Like this would get confused with Labyrinth or Neverending mm-hmm. Story or. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's yeah. another there's a couple big ones.
0: So those are the ones I was I was watching. Yeah. And so for some reason Dark Crystal just never came into my life until the Netflix. So when you ask people if they've watched Legend
2: and they're like, oh, oh, oh. Right. anyway, sorry, keep going. Sorry. Uh,
0: oh, Crystal I just want to, to see me. the cod piece that <laughs> Bowie is wearing <laughs> in Labyrinth. And so, it was the Netflix series that came out, whatever that was, three years ago or whatever yeah, it was.
2: Pre-COVID.
0: Four years. It was pre-COVID for sure. I was like, okay, well, this is coming out. I guess this is a good excuse to watch this for the first time.
2: Ah, okay.
0: And so, really, uh, the first time was in my 30s is when here, I watched here. The Dark a Crystal. grown
2: man. Okay.
0: And? grown man. And my my uh, position then, we'll see if this holds up. you were
2: like, oh, what is this, for kids? I don't need to watch this. It's so fucking childish. Is that what,
0: is that your No actually I, <laughs> I was like, this is definitely made for kids. <laughs> it really was. But here's here's my big issue at the time. Not issue. Sorry, let me back up. Throwing me off my game here, Dave. Uh, my, my position then, and we'll see if it's the same now, I'm, I love the production design. Cinematography is great. Uh, there's some individual, like, Cool like scenes and performances, but I think the main character is boring and the quest isn't all that interesting. And so I thought it was kind of like overpraised or like overvalued when I first watched it because I was like, yeah. I, don't, I don't really get why everyone like loves. Because you have to, if you're not as online as I am, Dave, you have to understand that people like love this can movie. Just, can like, I just love this movie? Interject,
2: Kyle. You know, mm. when you're on the internet, you realize the internet is designed to curb your ideas in an algorithmic fashion sure. that when you reference all these people, that's because you're in a forum mm-hmm. that's called like, we love dark crystal.com
0: <laughs> and you're yeah, like, wow, everybody the, loves this movie. Everybody loves it. Dave's position though is that, like, <laughs> I know objective truth and whatever my opinion is, is objective well, truth and no, no one can get through. I
2: stay within the <laughs> fact that uh, I know what this means to me. Right. Yeah. But yeah, uh, you know, I think t- I,
0: this is a movie though I will say it's not that I don't understand why people would like this movie Sure, I'm sure, sure it's was yeah. culture forming I'm sure it yeah. has nostalgia for people that it's sort got of thing. stuff
2: in it yeah it's got some meat on the bone
0: but as a first time viewer in their 30s I was like I can see the seams not to oh, make yeah. a pun to this that, that well. doesn't 100% hold up even though I love oh. a lot of the portions of it like there is yeah. parts I, I do love about yeah. this movie that's what okay. I remember. But we'll see yeah. about this viewing, what I think.
1: Okay. When I say I'm a puppet, I just mean I like someone's hand up my ass.
2: You know, like, because we spent all of our energy in the past, mm-hmm. nostalgia is, of course, bias forming. So I think sure.
0: that. Yeah, we're going to be talking about Blade Runner probably here pretty soon. Oh yeah, five about stars. bias.
2: But I think that, uh, especially this film, it ties into our childhood. So whether we actually like the Dark Crystal or not, just seeing mm-hmm. anything that's Jim Henson like. It already adds a sense of nostalgia. We're like, well, how do you even make a puppet that looks like a net th- you know, broken bird? It's it's changing the way you appreciate the film,
0: right? It's 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 hilarious too, because I mean, I don't know, this this is such a me thing. I'll just say this is squarely like my point of view, of course, but we talked so long last week about Swamp Thing. And mm-hmm. yes, like based on a comic book, whatever, but it's like kind of a stupid name <laughs> for a movie or for a property, Swamp Thing. The Dark Crystal is like, I need to see this or I need to read this. I don't know what it is. It's so evocative to me as being like, oh, well, I I definitely need to know more about what this Dark Crystal is. So it's like the complete opposite probably problem between those two movies.
2: It's because it alludes to the quest, like Mm -hmm. even legend, right? Or Mm -hmm. uh, because that's the Tom Cruise baby face one. But, you know, legend uh, Will Smith one, the vampire movie, you know, when you Mm -hmm. see that on a marquee, you're like, oh, what does that mean? I want to be a legend. If you see like, S- swamp thing. You know, well, there's a thing.
0: It looks like a swamp. It's pretty straightforward. <laughs> I keep telling you, we're gonna we're gonna make man thing one year, Dave. And <laughs> Okay. Well, listen let's, let's do this. I'm excited to jump back in and, and watch this movie again and see if my opinion stays the same or it changes. So we'll go thank some sponsors and then when we return, we'll be talking a little bit more about the dark crystal. What, what, what's your quest right now, Dave? What are you on the quest for? Hmm survival <laughs> of the <laughs> fittest or just in general no
2: just uh basic sustenance and uh, some form of longevity that extends past today
0: didn't you didn't you throw your back out while mopping the cabin today is that what you just told me
2: listen uh, my technique is off but i got the job done and i'm still here in front of this microphone so i feel good about myself right
0: well at least someone does so that is that is good Kyle and Dave vs. The Machine, of course, is a proud member of the Alberta Podcast Network. Locally grown, community supported, the Alberta Podcast Network promotes and supports Alberta made podcasts and connects their audiences with Alberta based businesses and organizations.
2: Alberta based businesses and organizations. Yeah. This episode. Sorry, where are they based?
0: They're Alberta-based,
2: in... oh, right? And their businesses and, and you organizations? are
0: based <laughs> in, our, in Alberta. You, we are brought to you this week by the Edmonton Community Foundation itself. The foundation acts as a bridge between donors and charities to create a strong, vibrant community for generations to come. You can start an endowment fund yourself or with a group. Once it reaches $10,000, it can start distributing funds. Vital Signs is an annual checkup conducted by Edmonton Community Foundation in partnership with Edmonton Social Planning Council to measure how the community is doing. This year's focus is on making ends meet in Edmonton. You can learn more by going to ecfoundation.org. You ever throw me off every time? There's no the in any of those organizations. So it's mm. not the Emmonton Community Foundation. It's just not the Emmonton Social Planning Council. It's just the name of those organizations.
2: Is that Canadian humility where you were like, Ooh. whoa, we can't call ourselves the community. Cause we're you know, a, there are many others. But we're not the. well, what about this other one? Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. eh? Sorry. <laughs> uh, our second read comes from pod power, pod power. With Pod Power, our sponsors are making it possible for us to amplify the voices of Albertans and Alberta podcasters. This episode, Edmonton Community Foundation is giving us, uh, sorry, is helping us give a Pod Power shout out to Kyle. Why are we not on this list?
0: I don't know, Dave. You you tell Where did me. How do you
2: apply? At any rate, I have some overdue books, so let's talk about overdue fines. That is an Edmonton Public Library podcast. Bryce Crittenden and Carolyn Land. Host conversations about books, movies, music, pop culture, and other interesting news about Edmonton. It's a great way to learn more about what's happening at EPL and about how you can use your library card to access all of EPL's in-person and online services. To listen and find out more about overdue fines, head to epl.ca/podcast.
0: All right. Well, we have sat down. We. Were- Rewatched the dark crystal here on mm-hmm. our
2: pretty dusty 90 minutes yeah
0: sat on this very dusty couch that we found abandoned here i'm sure it's full of mice which is great for me
2: uh, i thought i said lice which is probably more likely
0: yeah more likely well mm-hmm. i mean i have been itchy here the last few days but that's beside the point dave we watched wow. the dark crystal Stopped here again of course. The swamp yeah <laughs> that was last week you know Let's just think of a theoretical here. Let's say that you know you had uh, gone to a fabric store. You're looking for some felt. You just need a bunch of felt. And a young oh,
2: fabric land. Fabricland. Fabricland. And this lady comes up to me like, "Hey." Felt.
0: And a young kid comes running up to you, and it's like, sir, "Why is sir, there sir, a sir? young
2: kid at fabric land, Okay, yeah. <laughs> it's just, I, well,
0: in this Stephen's fiction. School that's what project. happens. Yeah, yeah, yeah sir 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 my granny just gave me this new vhs <laughs> copy of the dark crystal please tell me what is it about how would you it's about it's about hell kid it's about <laughs> <laughs> you fling your cigarette into his face <laughs>
2: um yeah how do, how do you synopsize the dark crystal a dark fantasy quest mm-hmm. where a weird little i know how do you describe that character we uh, it's not a child. Um an you know, unlikely hero. Mostly a must teenager. Gross. I don't know, Kyle, what would you say? Um uh,
0: there is a prophecy that says that this uh teenager known as a Gelflane and this race that there is in this fantasy world gets so long needs to go there, right? and put a shard into the dark crystal to <laughs> He's make it stick to his shard not into whole... stay darkness for the rest of their lives. That's basically yeah. what this movie is about.
2: Sure. That that sounds awful, but yeah, I mean you've described the plot. If
0: any if you reduce anything if you went to Star Wars, it's like some farmer has to go and overthrow the dark, the dark imperialist. Is he, is he a nation. farmer? Are uh, they
2: farming something?
0: Are you? They're moisture farmers, Dave.
2: Moisture farm. You can you farm moisture. How many times have you seen Star Wars? You farm moisture.
0: Mm-hmm. Huh. And he's called a nerf herder. Come on, we know, huh? Making making jokes down at Toshi Station. That's, uh, that's
2: a hard one to synopsize in a way that a kid would appreciate. Just sure. say, uh, yeah. Some kids got to save the uh, save their planet by healing a dark crystal.
0: How's that? Healing yeah. a dark Love crystal. It. Love it. Healing Works. it. And, it's okay. and they're all puppets.
1: I'd be thrilled to see any of these movies you two have described.
0: You, again, I know you've seen this before, but what were your impressions on watching the full thing again?
1: Yeah, it's...
2: It's okay. Um like you mentioned in our preamble, I think it's a big drag that the marionette for the Gelfling and the voice acting are so wooden. Mm. Huh? Huh? Wooden? Mm-hmm. Uh huh. Because uh-huh. it really takes away from the performances from all the other characters, which are great. The puppet, manufacture. No, what do you call it? The puppet technology is unreal. Um, yeah, it,
0: it really is next level. There are certain, I think, characters and scenes like, gosh, I can't believe that is a puppet that they're manipulating yeah, yeah, right yeah. now.
2: Uh, yeah, The Skeksis and the Aesthetics. Mm-hmm. It's just incredible. Uh, there, those two intertwined races in particular are quite incredible because, yeah, the, these are living breathing things like parts move and they're able to emote for the most part there are some moments of course yeah. where puppets look a little off kilter but but the marionettes for the galflings really flattened some of the narrative for me otherwise i don't know what it was i mean it's pretty dark so i i don't know i don't know what i thought i would like it more like i yeah. thought it would be really engaged in the fantasy narrative of it but by the end i was like ah. Eh, like I don't know, it's, it's it's fine. Yeah, it was fine.
0: The, the fantasy world is something that I definitely respond to. Again, I'm, that's just kind of my aesthetic that I enjoy. So I really am going to probably push back the most on your on your criticism that you think it's maybe too dark by the sounds of it. That that's not my my issue. No, not with this. for us,
2: not for mm-hmm. us. But as a billing as a kids movie, and I I didn't look this up, but I'm pretty sure Jim Henson didn't market this to the Sesame Street viewers
0: right? No, but I think there's a difference between a three-year-old and an eight-year-old.
2: Mm, well, you'd be surprised. I think that an eight-year-old, the first time, one of those uh, beetle monsters that come out.
0: Uh, mm-hmm. uh, Which are kind of terrifying. Those are terrifying.
2: That's not going over well, man. Okay, that's not that's not designed to kind of intimidate kids into some moral understanding of right and wrong. That's just a pure puppet horror element, right? That's a disgusting, beautifully I made beetle I, uh, creature. <laughs> And that is not what kids can handle, right? Maybe a tween, I don't know. I, but
0: I, I really do think that this might be a insular, very specific thing with maybe your son, which is, doesn't make it not, less valid. I'm not saying that it's wrong that, that that they might have that reaction to it. But I think broadly speaking, an eight-year-old would be able to handle this movie fine.
2: I don't know. I don't know. I'm around a lot of eight-year-olds now, mm-hmm. not just my son.
0: Weird, and, but okay. Uh,
2: Yeah, when I meet his friends, some of them talk a lot of shit because they're human beings. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. But they're also terrified of the most ridiculous things. There was a huge school panic about a bee. Oh, really? (laughs) Yeah. So, I know, like, you can make the argument maybe in the 80s, nobody gave a fuck about what kids Mm -hmm. were watching, right? To a certain degree, right? So... We may have been exposed to things that we presumably ought not to have been. And if we got scared, either your parents take you home and tell you to shut the fuck up and finish the movie. And maybe in the current climate, we're just not allowed to do that because someone will call child services on you. But when I see images like that, that to me is a language spoken to other adults Mm. uh, on a nostalgia of creating a fantastical world that, you know, I miss about being a kid and reading these cool stories. Like kids that are even 12 are not reading Game of Thrones they ought sure. not to be right but that's that's this idea that oh well we used to read lord of the rings so i don't know what's the problem it's like i don't know i didn't find lord of the rings until i was a teenager and it's fucking amazing i don't imagine i would have had the uh, the focus to get through that book when i was 10 you know sure. i could read but uh, that's not what i was reading i was reading abridged king arthur books you know <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah stuff like that right so
0: we'll take out the know. really bad bits of uh, of what's yeah, going yeah. on well, I mean, to, yeah i to your point i i, I should just say I was so close to being one of those people. Like, well, I did this, and I turned out okay. <laughs> no, I'm like, not okay. Yeah, yeah, no, <laughs> yeah, yeah. you
2: do not. You do not want your kids to turn out like me. But yeah. I'm miserable. I, I think that, you can hear it in my voice. <laughs> I
0: think, the, I think the example, like for our generation specifically, <laughs> I guess if we want to say we're the same generation, but I'm so much younger than wow. you. Wow, wow, is uh, is fairy tales right? Like, if you if you read any fairy tale or were exposed to any fairy tale as a kid. One thousand percent. I am going to guarantee, unless your parents like really searched for it, you are not getting the actual Grimm's Fairy Tales. Of course not. Because if you read the actual Grimm's Fairy Tales, those are so dark, yeah, and disgusting, and are filled with like murder, pedophilia, like yeah. rape, like all over the place. I was not exposed to the real tales until I got to university and took a children's lit class, where you like get exposed to it, right? And so. I,
2: I don't know if this is true, but. I think we project this idea that people actually read those stories to their children and I don't know if that's true. Well, no I because think they were, that they were they oral were tales
0: that they that the Grimms went around and wrote down.
2: I'm just saying like oral tales meaning a bunch of drunk dudes around a fire sure. talking shit about a scary story they heard once mm-hmm. embellishing details and adding their mature experience. You know I don't yeah, yeah. I don't know why but I can't imagine you know an 8-year-old going, "Oh well, that that lady got raped because she was a bad person. Like, no, that's not. That's just not how that language works. Well, in I mean, my opinion, right? These kids don't even have that depth of uh, moral perspective.
0: To to get to get into like the history of fairy tales, like the majority of fairy tales, at least if we're talking about, like the Germanic sure. in, and into English ones, basically boil down to don't trust strangers and don't go to dark place, like into the woods at night. Because you're going to get eaten by a wolf. Which are like, yeah, those are probably the two big things you're telling kids in the 1800s or 1700s, I guess, when those were being transcribed. So it's like, yeah, like, I understand like the basis. But to your point, I'm sure, too, that when they were going around collecting these tales, like, oh, I don't really like this bit if I embellish this a bit more. And yeah. that just gets, you know, Which, retold I'd, through time.
2: Like you, I, I looked it up in adulthood and I started mm-hmm. reading <laughs> Some mm-hmm. of the grims. I, I had to stop because <laughs> I was like, whoa, you know what? This has gone so far out that mm-hmm. I don't even want to continue this version of Rapunzel or something like this is psychotic. Mm-hmm. This idea of like, what is for kids is an interesting, like, uh, what's, uh, yeah, what's a current challenging kids film? We
0: well, don't... I think, I think we talked about this too, like the current state of, I would say Pixar specifically that studio I think it's pushing the boundaries of, like, what a kid's movie is. Because I often think of, like, even WALL-E, which is not super recent anymore. But that's all about, like, environmental, like... Um, yeah, but the
2: the dressing... I, th- I think what made Pixar su- su- successful for a little bit is that they at least dress their puppets in the most childlike
0: Yeah, Yeah, you get the Disney for, like, the big eyes. The visual. And, and, that and then thing. they yeah, yeah. put
2: the subtext, if you can understand the language... Is an adult therapy session. So like if you're a kid and you don't understand, you know, that this old man is having an existential crisis that he wants to die and that he can't live, you know, without his wife. Mm-hmm. That's not how kids read that. They're going to see a silly talking dog. They're going to see a chubby Asian kid who loves balloons. Like they put both layers intentionally. Sorry, I'm thinking up. Uh, in Wally, you're going to see a cute mm-hmm. broken uh, short, short circuit ripoff. And yeah. then... Um,
0: Watching Hello, Dolly. Yeah. Yeah.
2: And then they're this pretty thing and they don't talk. So it's like them just doing silly things. Whereas we're watching and we're like, oh my God, we're all going to die. This is right, our future. Right. Well, like, what, I'm, I'm wondering,
0: what I was no. building up to is like the recent light year that came out, which by, I haven't watched yet. Will it's say. not good though. Well, as like I heard, I also heard by a bunch of people with kids, like they didn't understand how it was a kid's movie either like that was their made major criticism and i I, again i just want to double down i don't think animation needs to be just for children no no, but it was advertised as a kid's movie
2: that's disney's problem right now like Mm -hmm. you know post well i i don't know it's not just the mcu they just have this problem where they don't know who they're pitching their projects Mm -hmm. to and they're kind of greedy they want both the parents and the kids money so when i watch lightyear i mean it's just not good yeah the character designs are not they're not for children a lot of them are quite aggressive and militaristic the humor is not for kids but the drama and the energy is not for adults either because as you and i know like you watch any good animated film from even from america it's not just like anime anymore it's like any good animated film that specifically understands it's for adults some of the best movies right because mm-hmm. they can actually play with the fabric of reality by pulling away you know uh, this visual language that we need to but Lightyear, it was uh, it was like mashed potatoes. I don't know. It was just this thing. It like, this
0: thing that exists. It's just content that they can feed into the algorithm. You feel yeah. full.
2: And it's shit, right? Like, I didn't hate that I watched it. We finished it.
0: Right. But it's but not it's, rewarding. So. But you're never going to go back and be like, I need to see Lightyear again.
2: No. Like Toy Story, right? You watch Toy mm-hmm. Story. The kids love it because the dolls are talking and they're cute. But we watch it and we see uh, this life drama and this ability for right. friendships and... So, I don't know. That's the successful version. There of there does movie. seem
0: to be this hard middle ground that's that's trying to be, at least from my pr- perspective, because it's like, there's like the super childish things that I'm trying to, I, mostly like I can think of TV examples, like Bear in the Big Blue House or whatever those like types of things are, or, you know, like those are the, like very kid, like they, they're very okay. kid. They like almost, bears, I feel like story. speak down to the audience. That's why I don't like yeah, those yeah. shows very much versus like. This is a anime that we're seeing is for kids. but it it's like pretty dark and depressing. It like pretty heavy material. There's, there has to be that middle ground where I think Pixar was hitting for so long, which is that yes. I feel they've kind of lost a little bit. I say all that. And there's also, have you seen Bluey at all or no, watched
2: it? I haven't watched it. No.
0: It's one of my favorite things. It is so good. Australian TV show. Each episode is like eight to 10 minutes long. Yeah.
2: I mean, I, yeah, as in, it's, it's in the title card of Disney. We just have a yeah, yeah. yeah, It's not
0: made by Disney. They just are the ones who get to show it in North America. I only watch it when I'm around my niece and nephew who love it. And I love it too. But what happens in every episode, it's a dad or a mom playing with their kids. But it's, like, amazing at the same time. Like, there's a bad pitch for it. But everyone should watch Bluey because it's, like, the one kid show. Like, I could watch this a million times and not get bored with watching <laughs> this. And, like, kids and adults can both like it for different, very different reasons, I think. This is a really interesting uh, line that kind of walks down. But getting back to The Dark Crystal. Well,
2: all of this leading back to Dark Crystal, I don't think, I think it moves too far in the adult space. And there's I, perhaps. not... I think it's it pretty, might,
0: but but uh, comparing this then to the Never Ending Story, I think the Never Ending Story is just as dark as this movie.
2: No, the, the yeah, uh, the Never Ending Story has just as dramatic of a story quest, but mm-hmm. the lighting, the texture, the character design are fun. So even the bad guys are not gruesome wet, mm. slick, cruel looking, right? The darkness and that in the environment, you know, everything is so wide. This thing's so claustrophobic. Like you're, it is, yeah. You're stuck in these little caves and this, even when they're in the fen or where the fuck it is where he meets the girl, it's like this tiny Closed swamp. In. And Everything's eating him, you know? I think that's where it tells me it's not designed uh, to, to play for kids. It plays on the idea of what kid visual language is, but it's 100% for, ki- for adults who are uh dosing frankly <laughs> you
0: know no uh that, yes. something is weird it's not like oh this is made for people with lsd issues
2: uh... i will <laughs> uh <isn't> it though <laughs>
0: no uh so... though, <laughs> you, you can go as high pitch as you want dave i'm still gonna say no
1: i think the devils is a kid's movie
0: I'm, i am going to double down on what i kind of said at the very beginning from remembering my past time watching this if I could bottle like the cinematography, the way this film just looks as a visual palette, boy do I wish more films looked like this nowadays. I, I get so bummed out by kind of, I, I know it's not every film, like hashtag not all films, but, like, the amount of times it's like, oh, they've really leaned into, like, the red filter. And, like, oh, now they're yeah. really leaning into the blue filter. Like, this yeah. at least has texture and interesting dynamics that's, that they're playing with. It looks gorgeous, is what I'm trying to say. For for a puppet movie, it's, like, really, really good looking. And, I, and I, that's the element that I really, really enjoy. I do like those most of those voice performances. It is Jim Henson who is the voice of the main a gelfling Gelfling. Jen, but i agree it's like i just i never invested in his journey this is part of also my issue and i know it again is a me issue so i'll be totally up front with my biases i very much dislike prophecy Mm. storylines which happen a lot in, in fantasy fiction which is just like Well, we're waiting for this one guy to come along. He's going to do this thing and then the world is going to be saved. And Oh my God, it's you that's doing this. That is that prophecy person who's going to go and he's going to do the thing. He's going to save the kingdom. It's not like I don't think that's not going to happen when this movie starts out. But with a prophecy like, well, I know exactly how this movie is now going to go because it's going to just follow the prophecy that they just said. Anyways, it just bums me out. I don't like the whole prophecy thing.
2: I I, I think I'll agree with that. I think the one thing this movie did well in its setup is that... uh... Augres, whatever or wherever the prophecy pops up they don't tell you that it's going to work they just tell you that something really big is going to happen so mm-hmm. you're either going to get you know everything you want or you're going to get nothing so that at least there's still some remaining yeah, yeah. tension as you get to the end as a culture we detest the idea of determinism so any story where you're like well you know this is going to end um makes mm-hmm. it feel a little bit like a grind And now we're trying to subvert that so much that you know it's never going to end the way you think it's going to end. So then it becomes its own. I don't know. It's maybe maybe
0: it is this this weird like rejection I'm starting to have against individualism, which is it's like it it probably takes more people, and I think it shouldn't be just like this one person who mm-hmm. actually was the person who puts the shard in who gets well, that's who why we like recognition. the matrix
2: so much, right? Cause it's not that Neo's the only one. Exactly. Right? That's that's how the they finally one. subvert that. I think yeah. we talk
0: about that, right? It's like normally I hate prophecies, but at least this one goes the extra mile. I was like, actually it's, I'm not the only one I can yeah. do. I need more people to make this work.
2: I mean, how's that in Blade Runner 2049? Mm-hmm. The idea that the anti is not even the main character at the end. It's fascinating, right? right. Those are intelligent people trying to break right this stereotype this,
0: this stereotype but, down uh, um, yeah.
2: I, I think but even five stars by the way even with we get that to Blade Runner. i don't know if i mentioned that
0: <laughs> yeah the two yeah, are horny so for blade runner but um <laughs> even discounting that let's just say like okay taking out the prophecy thing i just feel that the whole quest journey is just far too easy
2: yeah kind of like walks through it yeah.
0: the biggest example that is at the very end you know but the ones that i enjoy the most are like oh they figured out how to do it, but something blocks them. And then, okay, we're going to change our plans, and now we're going to do this, and it gets blocked. And then finally, they have to
2: oh, g- dig down, there. and they do this.
0: Yeah. And this is just like, here. And he just throws it, and then she puts it in. And that's no, all it really no. is.
2: No, there's, you know, like, they, they got to sneak in, but that creepster, you know, and then he collapses the roof on him, and then he's got to resurrect himself, and she's got to overcome the I mean, there are... the uh, The beats are still in there, but... I agree with you. Like, they don't...
0: I think it's just so unsatisfying the, impact the way is this is lost film lost somewhere. Concludes. Yeah.
2: There's something about it that it doesn't... Maybe, like it's, maybe it's like Gandhi where we just... We didn't feel like the crescendo enough where mm-hmm. the the stakes weren't higher each time a crisis came up. You know, you get this almost like a plot exhaustion. So, mm-hmm. like, in the last five minutes, you're like, well, yeah, it's a prophecy. I know they're going to fix the fucking crystal. I guess so, it's... I mean, you know, maybe... It's, it's a, tough a
0: Unfair or not, but just using the whole, like... Uh, Star Wars example, you know, they're they go on, they're trying to save the uh, the princess, they're in the trash compact. It's like, how are they gonna get go, out of this one? And oh now there's a monster in the trash compact. How are they gonna defeat this thing? And then even when they go back and they're in the fighters and stuff, it like takes three tries before he actually hits it the, the right mark, right? And then well, not he only finally that, gets but it.
2: You know what makes that amazing? They allude that the climax is going to be saving Alderaan, mm-hmm. And then they lose the fucking planet. So it's like right. you know it's that's what <laughs> That crescendo is like, you know, where you break your idea of a finale until we get your next idea of how this thing should end. And there's something about this, maybe it's because it's prophetic, where, you know, we know the end is going to be the crystal thing, so maybe mm-hmm. they needed to put it in and have one more battle after that. I don't like, I don't know. Our rewrite class is murky in this film because... Uh, yeah, I mean, it's a puppet movie, so it's hard to rewrite. It's for kids. Maybe. Right?
0: Um, I will say, though, in the positive end of things, love everything that the Skeksis do. I yeah. could stay in that world even longer. I think they're great. It's I think you're they're gross. so craven like, and gross and disgusting, and they're just like slurping down.
2: Anybody who's into horror movies, you gotta question. You gotta question their personality, well, uh, their value system. You know?
0: On the flip side, like the, the, the heroes. I actually love everything when they're in the swamp. I think that whole thing is great. <laughs> the whole sequence is fun. Them riding on those weird, like, four-legged Walking, beast things are, yeah. are are cool. The, Bands, um, oh, I always forget what the little animal dude's name. Fizzy Gig? Growl- Fezzy of Fizzy?
2: Physic? Fizzor? Uh,
0: Fizzig. Fizz- Fizzig. 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 I love his little mouth, like, bah, ah, like, yeah. that's such a good, like, like Muppet, Muppet, like, yeah. <laughs> freak out sort of thing, so all that stuff big fan of i think those are the elements of like here. okay yeah this feels like a real world this feels like a, yeah. know, a an enticing movie that i'm seeing down to watch and then some of the other pieces that connect those just don't 100 do it for me
2: yeah it's immersive and they do a great job like yeah when they're in the bog or whatever it's not like they went on location to a bog it looks like they've constructed this constructed out of the same am. you know puppet aesthetic right same with the castle it's it's constructed so that it Matches the tone of the weird monsters and the skexus bird vulture or whatever mm-hmm. um, beings. You know, I love the idea of the aesthetics and the Skeksis being mirrors of each other because in the end they yeah. are in they have fact to two, form
0: into each other, right? Yeah,
2: two polar's of one being. I love the idea of like one gets wounded and the other guy's wounded. Yeah, and one yeah, gets killed, one great. disappears. Yeah, right? those are great sort of nods to. Um, yeah, almost Taoist. I don't know. Like just really neat spiritual concepts of a universe. We're going to get into
0: some more spirituality talk here, Dave, if you (laughs) don't know the backstory of how this movie was written, which is fascinating. So let's do that. Let's, uh, let's talk about some backstory here. So this movie opened up on December 17th, 1982 christmas movie basically okay. a, a movie you might say that was marketed towards families with children it's rated by the 3. production 7.
2: company maybe <laughs> this thing's a mess
0: can you imagine watching this for christmas i know what was the other movie that came out was it rambo that came out around christmas time which i think is weird anyways doesn't matter i
2: mean if your kids are all coked up it's 1982 i guess <laughs> it is everyone has
0: like it. contact <laughs> eyes and the light is still there in the air from the 70s and It's rated 3.6 out of 5 on Letterboxd, has a 7.1 out of 10 on IMDb, has a 66 on Metacritic, and on Rotten Tomatoes, from 48 critics, it stands at a 77%. And from 100,000 plus users, it's at an 81%. So this is a certified fresh film.
2: Big numbers, big numbers. It is
0: available on DVD and Blu-ray, and you can currently purchase or rent it on iTunes and YouTube. It's budget. I would say, not surprisingly, with the tech that you see on display, it was $25 million.
2: This is why there's no innovation in this. It's not cheap, man.
0: It's not cheap, no. Its box office would be $41 million. So it did. That's it, why it, they, it was considered slight... Uh, that's
2: why they didn't make another one.
0: Well... Okay, we'll get into that too. <laughs> Anyways, it was considered a success, like a moderate success, like it just made, like just for inflation, it's like a movie making 126 million dollars today. Its plot description: This is how you should have described it to that small kid who's now crying in the felt store on another planet in a distant past. A Gelfling embarks on a quest to find the missing shard of a magical crystal and to restore order to his world. That's okay. how it's described. But, Dave, that does mean that we are now ready to play everybody's favorite game, Guess yes. That, that. tag. This is of course, the time where I put on my handsome blazer. I pick up this long Bob Barker-like microphone, and uh, we go into the movies all the time. Maybe you are interested in seeing another weird movie, maybe that features a genie. Like, A Thousand Years of Longing. I mean, maybe that's the movie you're going out to see. And you're to the movie theater, and you're greeted with a big long... I know you're saying you have no idea what the fuck I'm talking about. No, it's Ildry uh, but- Salva until soon, mm-hmm.
2: but yeah, I thought you'd make fun of me with Tom Cruising. We are watching our third consecutive Mission Impossible film, so... Jesus uh- Christ.
0: <laughs> okay, well, the mission just got more impossible.
2: <laughs> How many times can you be disavowed before it's really just... The thing you know. about
0: the, the funny fact I think about all those Mission Impossible movies is like every single one has the plot. It's like, well, there's a mole in this, in this organization and they're going rogue. I was like, how many times does this have to happen before you like just clean out is, everybody?
2: This is the power of Tom Cruise, uh, Kyle. Mm-hmm. They're all still good.
0: They're great. Unlike, I love those movies. They're good. the Bond films where, you know. All right, Mr. Anti-Bond over here. No, every when Bond they're bad. good, they're
2: great. But sometimes just like, why, why, can't, why can't it just work every time? How come Hmm. Tom can make four in a row that actually work and Bond just can't?
0: Isn't it weird? Why can Tom Cruise make five bangers in a row (laughs) and you can't?
1: Tom Cruise is the hottest robot I've ever seen.
0: Anyways, you agree with this whole long row of posters telling you about all these movies, they have all these fancy visuals, but there's a little line, a line of text is there to entice you to watch these movies. And so what I have done is that one of these is the actual tagline that appeared on the poster to The Dark Crystal. And the other two are completely made up by me. So Dave, here are your three options. Is it, or was it, the crystal holds the power, but will they be able to survive the darkness? Is it, from the mind of Jim Henson comes a new fantastical tale? Or is it, another world, another time, in the age of wonder?
2: Ugh, that'll suck kind of like, uh, which puppet has a hand so far up its ass? No, uh, Two? I think Jim Henson's From the mind famous? of Jim Henson
0: comes a new fantastical tale. Sure. Incorrect. Mm. It's mm. actually number three. Another world. Another time in the age of wonder. Which tells you nothing. nothing. Yeah, <laughs> Literally terrible. nothing. Yeah. Um, but regardless, that is the tagline of this movie. It stars Jim Henson as Jen and various other voices. Catherine Mullen as Kira. Frank Oz as Agra and various other voices, and Dave Gells as Fizgig. Uh, Anything you want to say about these actors?
2: No, I didn't really look it up. I mean, I knew that Jim Henson died uh, prematurely. I always thought it was cancer, but we Mm -hmm. just looked it up, and he died of strep, toxic shock, which is depressing. So that's not a good way to go.
0: So go and get medicated when you have uh, strep throat. strep
2: throat. Yeah. Kyle was alluding that he may have not got medicated, but I didn't dig deep enough to verify yeah. that.
0: that. I no. don't know if that was just made up by me or if that's uh, something I actually did here. It's possible.
2: I mean, I've had strep throat and I didn't die of toxic shock. So something happened. It was three weeks later. So ample mm-hmm. time to have a doctor perhaps prescribe a antibiotic. Could have been something else. But that's too bad. Cause, this is probably uh, the
0: problem with taking your medical advice from Professor Bunsen. It's probably the worst worst person to do oh, that man.
2: he was out so he just asked beaker
0: professor bunsen honeydew i should say i should say his full christian oh, name
2: nerd yeah it was like only <laughs> only 64 around 64 so that's pretty young i think he could have graced you with yet another puppet film that would have sat, sated your appetite i felt I, I, hey yeah. you
0: you joke but i honestly think he probably would have he would have tried to have done something yeah, like bonkers crazy there is uh, um, i
2: made a lot of muff, muppet there, movies a well, lot more than i realized
0: there's a graphic novel that I bought. It's hardcover. It it's hardcover. What a the, nerd! I know. Okay. Whatever. It has i say off.
2: like first edition. Is assigned. Is signed? What else would you like? No, to, because do it you came know the ISBN number. Okay. I
0: think it came out in like 2010, maybe 2011. It's called okay. Tales of Sand, and it was a script that he was working on. And you say that this is about an LSD trip. Like holy fuck, is this an LSD trip? Because it's a guy who, like finds himself in the desert and he's like chased by a lion and like, all this crazy shit happens. But it's cool, it's fun, and it's basically someone just illustrated a storyboard based on the screenplay that he had written, but he didn't get to film oh, it see. because before okay. he died. Is, okay. is what the comic book is. So he was working on like radical weird stuff that he wanted well, to
2: do. Look, if you're if you're famous for creating lifelike puppets, you're not a normal guy. <laughs> well, You're, sure. I, like, that is yeah, actually probably the biggest super thing, weird guy.
0: yeah. Because if I, I mean, when's the last time you were at Disneyland?
2: Mm, land never. Disney World. Oh, okay. I was probably eight.
0: Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. mine was I don't know four, three years ago, three, four years ago. And I mean, everyone can laugh if you go to like say the Tiki Room or the Hall of Presidents. It's like okay, some old animatronics. But if you go to the new Star Wars Land, the animatronics in there are like. Bonkers. I thought it was a real person up in front of me for like a short minute. Wait a second. No, that's Robots an animatronic. Uh-huh. Like, yeah, like full articulation, like very small, minute things. I feel like that's maybe where he would have started to go towards. Which I is already no, 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 kind
2: of there. Yeah.
0: Maybe not animatronic specifically, but so refined, articulated puppetry that it's like, oh my gosh, like I can't believe what you're getting away with with just uh, these elements. Finger puppets. Um, you know? Again cg and and that type of thing would still have come no matter what but i do wonder how that would have impacted the implementation of Mm. of that as a forum i think i'll never know i mean the company still
2: exists but yeah it's gone by the wayside but looking at the budget for this you know that's the other problem i think it's just too expensive cal i i
0: just well well, maybe but it's not like like cgi is not expensive cgi is
2: yeah but that's like a market-driven thing I, i i you know my cynical side I don't believe that the Avengers actually should cost two hundred million dollars. Well, I th- think th- that's
0: fair enough. But. Yeah.
2: So how much of that is CGI? Well, they'll say it's you know one hundred fifty million dollars to make it look cool, but I don't know. There's a lot of shady shadiness in that mm-hmm. cost. It is exceptionally difficult and takes thousands of people to animate a film, of course, but physically constructing and they're going to have different puppets for different cameras. You know, it's not gonna be just mm-hmm. one unit. The, especially for a film like this, there's gonna be one where they're doing close ups. It's not gonna be the same puppet as when they're walking down the hallway. So um it's just fascinating to think about. You know what if I we should look at you know, did they scale the halls when they needed to walk just so they could put a person in the scene. Yeah I didn't look
0: at up. My guess is that there is that sort of thing going on. Some of them were like scaled down, some of them were bigger, larger than life. Yeah. So they just filmed different scenes. Like I couldn't find out like "Quote unquote," like what Jim Henson directed and what Frank Oz directed, were they there the whole time, or was one taking this section, one was taking this section, sort of thing? But my guess is that was probably maybe what it was. Maybe Frank Oz was doing like all the skeksis stuff, Jim Henson was doing all the small, minute stuff over here. Don't know, I have no idea, but that 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 would be my guess is how they probably diverted the the roles.
2: But get credit for it, yeah.
0: Mm. Um, cinematography is by a man named Oswald Morris. This would actually be his last film, his last cinematography that he would do. I tried to, I didn't quite understand what they were talking about, but apparently he, it wasn't like a unique thing, but he brought his like own like um, gels and filters to specifically make certain colors pop mm. uh, and to make a more dreamlike look to the film. Yeah. So that was all yeah. him coming in and, and making that film that. that way. Yeah. But his top four from IMDb, his other films that he was a cinematographer for was Oliver from 1968, The Man Who Would Be King from 1975. Uh, Sleuth, one of my favorite films from 1972, and Fiddler on the Roof from 1971, which we talked he about last slouch.
2: season. Yeah, interesting.
0: No, he made good-looking films. He knew what he was doing. This is written by David O'Dell, story by Jim Henson, directed by Jim Henson and Frank Oz. So, we need to start way, way back, Dave. Uh, did you read up on what part of the inspiration was for this movie?
2: No, you told me not to, so I'm
0: uh, ready. Don't break the fiction. You, but Okay, you didn't do your homework and you <laughs> right, didn't read right, up right. on it.
2: Yes, yes. I, as usual, uh, decided to not do anything.
0: Are you familiar with a book called Seth Material? No. Well, there was this book... Called Seth Material, written by Jane Roberts. Um, as described in the article that I read, Jane Roberts was an author, pretty cool, a poet, pretty awesome, a psychic, all right, and a spirit medium.
2: Nice, this is an that oh boy are they moment not the for same me? Thing? Yeah. Psychic and spirit. A psychic medium? can
0: read the future. A spirit medium right, talks right. with spirits talks that are around
2: you. Talks to people, yeah, like in Ghost. Whoopi did that.
0: Yeah, that's correct. She yeah. would take on the personality of a being called Seth. I like that it's called Seth, which is what it is. So it's material from Seth. Seth material. Now, we're having a little bit of fun it here. Like it stand, doesn't stand
2: up bit or something.
0: Yeah. Sure, fine, whatever. But uh, we're having fun. We're having fun here. But it does sound like she had a pretty rotten life, like being abused by her mother as she grew up. So it's not oh, a great nice. thing. Yeah. We had a but in she, there. Did find, she did find this success as a charlatan which is really fun for her uh, um my biases are showing through <laughs> what well, just
2: threw that out there wow there's a show helen was watching i was so upset there's a medium now this guy's on netflix show who talks to yep. relatives and i was like look
0: awful i hate I it i
2: appreciate the idea of someone putting kind words for grieving people mm-hmm. but uh It's
0: not real. It's all bullshit. (laughs) And I hate it.
2: And then I was asked to leave the room Mm -hmm. politely. So
0: it is (laughs) like, all right, I have to go watch The Dark Crystal. (laughs) Uh, Anyway, so she publishes this book called Seth Material. This becomes like this book becomes one of the the cornerstones of New Age philosophy. Like the woo-woo stuff from the 70s, which still is today. It's still around. But it's in this book that the whole concept of channeling became into the popular culture so you're channeling a spirit and then talking through them this is basically going to inspire every possession movie and story from that time forward it wasn't technically a single book it was a collection of writings that were published in various places from 1963 to 1984 so she would she would become imbued with the spirit of seth she would speak a bunch of nonsense and her husband would transcribe it for her
2: it's clearly not nonsense It inspired some of your favorite films.
0: Sure enough. It was like directly inspired (laughs) The Exorcist. But it also contains stuff about uh, reincarnation, karma, past lives, what happens after death, the nature of good and evil. Sounds
2: like some good old-fashioned appropriation, but that's Mm
0: -hmm. okay. The core teachings, though, are based on the principles that consciousness creates matter, that each person creates his or her own reality through thoughts, beliefs, and expectations, and and that the point of power through which the individual can affect change is in the present moment that is what jim henson was being influenced by and what the undercurrent of this movie is Like literally he says this straight up that he had everyone the writer he he got frank oz and a bunch of the cast to read this book before they even started shooting because he wanted all to be imbued with this these ideas
2: seth was basically a zen monk what's his name probably uh the fella the one that popularized zen buddhism in america Came in around that time, uh, yeah. Mid well, that
0: that's such a just '70s me. thing too, right? Like the mysticism well, a the the bit, yeah. and like
2: No Hollywood picked him up because what are the
0: the people in at, at the beginning of the Airplane they get punched out. Oh, um, the
2: uh, J- no, they're not Janus. Um, Hare Krishnas. Hare Krishnas. Hare Krishnas like that whole
0: yeah. thing was yeah popular then too. So this is a great big inspiration for the Dark Crystal. But you know, he also created the Muppets because he thought he could make puppets popular. Here's like like super crazy condensed history of that so he's tinkering around with puppetry this is Jim Henson tinkering around with puppetry in the late 60s and early 70s Seth entered him and then Seth entered him and he was (laughs) I'm going to speak like a pig um actually no he would speak like Kermit like a sorry sorry Frank Oz was Miss Piggy listen
2: Kyle it's not
0: easy it's not easy Uh, being seen, Uh, he finds a collaborator in Frank Oz and the obvious first step is to create content for children. So Sesame Street debuts in 1969, still on television today. Their stated goal with Sesame Street was uh, they they wanted to master the addictive qualities of television. And to do something good with them, so teaching people how to read, etc. There's a great um, documentary, uh, Sesame Gang, I think is what it's called, uh, about the whole history of Sesame Street that came, I think, last year, which I highly recommend. Because uh, also one of the big things was helping inner-city youth with that kind of stuff because they weren't getting it at schools necessarily.
2: At all, it's nothing. Not necessarily about it. It's a proven bias. Uh, minorities do not get taught how to yes. read in america a thousand
0: percent yeah. which is why they also had a lot of black characters on that show like that's humans right. and, and stuff latino like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah and latinos and that sort of thing
2: not a like lot asians but that's okay we came later
0: yeah. yeah but were there really any asians in 1970s <laughs> america Dave? come on come on
2: it's not like they brought asian people over uh, <laughs> to build a fucking country or anything like that no, that's all i'm
0: the- pretty sure they all got blown up when they made the railroad so <laughs> okay, now we're gonna get letters me specifically next step Henson wants to see if he can create something with puppets that would be more geared towards adults. That's when he comes across this edition of Lewis Carroll's poetry specifically. Not Alice in Wonderland, but the poetry that Lewis Carroll wrote.
2: Yeah, if we want to talk about LSD, we're going to talk about Lewis Carroll. So, I was right, basically.
0: You think everything is drug-related, Dave. Stop it. It kind of is. This particular edition has these illustrations by Leonard B. Lubin. And specifically, they call out that there were these pictures of crocodiles wearing these fancy robes and jewelry, hmm. uh, which would eventually lead to the Skeksis. Like That is basically what the, those are in real life. But he takes the, these ideas that are floating around of like, oh, I want to tr- create something like this alien world. I like these illustrations. So he takes some of that idea and spins it into... The Land of Gorch, which if you've ever watched the first season of Saturday Night Live, like I have, you'll remember that there were sketches that included these Muppets every so often. And was kind of the precursor to The Dark Crystal. You can check them out. Um, I don't know if they're like the best out there, to be really honest. Uh, Someone who would agree with me Were the writers of Saturday Night Live, because they fucking hated writing for these puppets. (laughs) Uh, After the first season, Henson and Oz and the show's producers part ways, which allows them to then go and focus on The Muppet Show, which debuts in uh, 76 and runs to 1981. So they run for those five seasons, becomes this huge cultural phenomenon, right? Sesame Street was popular, The Muppets become even more popular. The Muppet movie comes out in 1979. So Henson is basically writing high. He has this chance for a, like a bit of a blank check because studios are coming to him like, what do you want to make? And so he was like, well, I've had this idea that I've been trying to make work for like the past 10 years or so. So he takes the idea of the alien world with no humans, combines it with the aesthetic of those drawings, and the mission of making it dark and scary like the original Grimm's fairy tales, as I told you, because he felt that it was unhealthy for children to never be afraid. And then, of course, with the undercurrent of the new agey, like, Seth Materials as a worldview. That's what all these influences are that are coming together to make this movie. Hanson is the one who comes up with the main story, like, the beats that the story's going to go through. Writes this little bit of a treatment, but hands that off to David O'Dell to actually write the script. Hansen had directed some television episodes and specials, including Emmett Otter's Jug Band Christmas. Oh, yes. Good old, uh... Emmett? Emmett yeah yeah have mm-hmm. you ever watched that special no of course not oh my god no it's just it's just iconic and they they carry <laughs> it in, in a goofy who? movie but it's right. it's great this is only the second feature he directed, though he had done the great muppet keeper mm. um the year before gets help from frank oz to direct certain scenes but this would be oz's first directed film his oh. first so we'll have to put it on our first time directors list okay. here at the end of the episode okay. Uh, it's released is considered successful, but was kind of met with mixed to somewhat negative reviews at the time. Uh, but has gr- grown definitely to be far more favorably looked back on. Current reviews are like very very high, as we already talked about. Becoming one of the touchstones of eighties genre filmmaking, there was an attempt to make a sequel to this movie. There was a planned sequel, but that falls through. Regardless on what anyone's feelings are on the film. I think it's hard to say that it hasn't seeped into popular culture. So, I'm going to run down the list. There was a board game that was made out of this, an illustrated children's book version, a book and cassette adaptation, a 1983 video game that was made for the Apple II, comic books, book prequels, a manga series, songs that have referenced the film, a role-playing game is being developed that's going to be set in the world of the Dark Crystal, there's an intention for the Royal Opera House in London to develop a ballet on this property, and of course, there was the Netflix prequel series that was released a few years ago. You didn't watch it at all? The, no. The prequel I, series?
2: It's probably still on my watch list.
0: It was pretty well reviewed. Like people yeah. really didn't enjoy it. <sighs> people are gonna hate me so much. I didn't finish it. I yeah, got halfway not. through and I was like, it's I don't know, like I'm fine. There was some again, just like the movie, some isolated moments I was enjoying, but like Oh, this is like I don't like five more episodes that are an hour long and I don't want to watch this anymore. I was it's, trying to struggle to like, I'd go like two weeks between episodes. I'm like, I'm obviously not enjoying this. So why am I forcing myself to watch this?
2: Well, I'll go one step further. I tried, it took me three sittings to watch this 90 minute film. Mm. Like I fell asleep watching it. And uh, I think that, I guess I've, the, the first thing that popped out to my head, you were saying, um, you know, when this movie's, released, it didn't fare well critically. And I guarantee you, it's because people in 1982 did not think this was a kid's movie. Because mm. that expectation is what's going to sour any kind of um, praise for the puppeteering and the cinematography and the, the tone. Because as soon as you think you're going to watch The Muppets or Sesame Street,
0: <laughs> sure, yeah.
2: uh, you're going to have nightmares because this is the inverse of that. The other thing about sort of, I mean, we run into this so much, this reappraisal by culture and cult favorites and all this yeah, stuff. Well, I, I have no this problem is the box. with that. But. No, I'm saying this is the box. Like you end up looking at people talking to each other about why they still like something that is considered dumb. And mm-hmm. I think it's a problematic part of not the modern culture, but just human language that, you know, you and I, we watch films, a lot of films. But we get a lot of hate for some of the things we say about certain films, because they're these little pockets, and there's no good forum anymore of people to just share ideas. We end up kind of in these little echo chambers. So with cult favorites, I think that's a really big danger. The people who are going to prize Dark Crystal as like a classic film, do I trust their opinion about film in general? <laughs>
0: right. I, so Come I won't on. go that far, maybe. But I, I mean, know. I think I think maybe what we don't do a great job sometimes stating plainly. I feel like it should be obvious, but maybe it's not. Obviously, this is coming from our two worldviews, our yeah. upbringing, like our it's points of view. Yeah. So it's like if we like or dislike and or if we disagree, sometimes I like and you don't like. That's usually what well, it is. when Oh, you're wrong. Yeah. Yeah. That's just coming from our <laughs> points of view. If this is like your favorite movie of all time, that's great. Awesome. Enjoy the movie and everything it is. But from my point of view, I think there's a reason why, yes, it was not looked upon favorably at the time and why I, st- I don't think it's even one of the best Jim Henson made things like there's no. so many other great examples of what Jim Henson could well, do uh
2: mechanically some of the best work oh yeah yeah. But that, as that a film sure. like as a story come on I mean
0: I um I, I think that that's why maybe other people have come across uh, they've been influenced right like Absolutely, I can understand how you could make a comic book. It's set in this world and have like yeah. amazing things happen. Of course, write the yeah, book about so it. Lots of cool. They've made something cool that you could like build a, a, a better story with. But as it stands, and I the think lore. That there's... There's limitations to so this. Yeah, the be-
2: lore that they allude to at the beginning of this film—it's great, right? This mm-hmm. like closed circle. That's—I mean—you see that in fantasy books all the time. The wheel of time. This idea that yeah. history of repeating itself and these fatal moments because we know how they're going to converge. I mean, uh, Norwegian uh, myth was like that, right? The snake eating its tail, and mm-hmm. you know, this is this is an age-old concept of uh, fantasy writing and myth, which is great and. I can absolutely understand someone watching this, reading about it and wanting to do something with it. I just didn't want to sit with it as a film. You know, I appreciated the technical elements. I think there's some really cool philosophical ideas. I've been really dealing in my mind a lot with the idea of determinism and my mm-hmm. relationship with reality. I mean, you brought up uh, Seth talking mm-hmm. about the power of one's perception to uh, couch or seat themselves. In their reality, I think that stuff's very interesting for conversation and this film tries to tackle some of it, not in a long conversation, but, you know, pokes at it. That's the problem. It doesn't go into the abstract philosophical discussion. It's not a kid's film. Tries to be a little bit, not horror, but grotesque. Grotesque. And then in the end, uh, it's over.
0: I think my other issue with the prequel series specifically is that it is a prequel series. Mm. And I just... Just, You're over it. I just have a big issue with prequels. Yeah. And just themselves go, Just, write a new just story. give me what happens next. I don't care what happened before. Give me what happens next. Yeah. <laughs> that's what I care yeah, about. Yeah,
2: if it's a circle, right? It's not yeah. going to be like they're going to live happily ever after. The
1: thing's going right, to go to yeah. shit again. But so Maybe
0: the darkness wants to return. Like, that's an interesting yeah. story. What like, if you we just, just save the world.
2: I the next skepsis or whatever they're called.
1: I mean, yeah, this yeah. can do a lot with it. I want the skepsis rom com.
0: This is not really a, a negative. I'm just going to say just a little note that they put down that's always curious to me, which is, um, why lanes? Like why? Why, why is the that word? the name? The the actual word that they chose to use. I mean, obviously they're not it. Are they elves?
2: We can't say elves. Let's yeah, call them elves, like, right? Maybe. It's,
0: I don't know. It's just, it's one of those weird things. This is like the a, a, a sweeping criticism. I know, like fantasy gets. Well, we can't call it a dog. It has to be like a Narflax. I'm like, <laughs> you can just, just call it a dog. Like stop, <laughs> <laughs> stop calling some weird name.
2: Narflax is fine. I get it. Mm-hmm. You don't get it?
0: But on the other hand, skexis, they look the way that that word sounds to me. That's true. <laughs> if you say Skeksis, like yeah, it's a big weird alligator thing. Of course it I'm is. I'm just,
2: well, I'm, I'm clicking the links here on Wikipedia to see if it's actually a word. Because mm-hmm. the other ones are called aesthetics, and that's that's a real word. Like, why, am I wrong? Are they not called aesthetics? Hold on a second. Mystics. They're called mystics. Mystics, like, yeah. Why, why not? I mean, I don't know what the counterpoint of a mystic is. The cynic? <laughs> The evil <laughs> cynics? I don't know. The pragmatists?
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah. The empiricists?
2: Um, I don't know. I guess you can call them anyway, it's
0: uh, one of my weird things about naming things in fantasy films. Although I do think, again, talking about character design, love that they do kind of look, yeah, alligator-like, but also like vultures at the same yeah, time. I think yeah. it's anyways, I got, great, I character, great yeah, character I got more bird. Yeah, I got more bird
2: for it. It's fun, like classism. You know, the idea that... Uh, not Proctor, whatever the guy that's kicked out, his punishment is to be disrobed and mm. humiliated. It's I was watching uh, Paddington and that scene where the expert explorer in the flashback is kicked out of the British Archaeological Society. And they're like, they take his pin and they're like, everybody, turn your backs to him. And they all turn because yeah, that's like yeah, the yeah. most offensive thing. In British yeah. Co- yeah, So it had that moment. I, I had a good giggle there because, uh, you know, some political, political undertones in yeah. all- all artists' writings of this era. Like I on, was like, saying about how
0: like um, Frank Oz and Jim Hansen have like the certain voices and there's like variations. The main Skeksis sounds so much like Grover to me. There's like, <laughs> well, let's just Grover's Skeksis. Anyways. Well, is Agra,
2: my... Agra is basically a female Yoda. I, I know. mean, there's like, <laughs> I know. There's it's very, like very little difference. Very, small differences, but oh, yeah. So she's I, not
0: speaking in backwards weird talk. But, but she is
2: speaking oddly and mm-hmm. the voice, the tone is exactly
0: the same. I do like the moment of, of... For, like, having her wings and they fly out and she catches them. Oh, it's like, she's you like, have wings? you're a boy. Or, it's like, why? Yeah, yeah you're a boy. It's like, why don't I have wings? It's like, you're a boy. The Garfin, like, the crab guys are definitely terrifying. Like, those are, like, <laughs> definitely yeah. terrifying yeah. creature designs.
2: You can tell they had a cockroach problem in America because they were like, what's the grossest thing mm-hmm. that could be a soldier? What if we take cockroaches and we make them super big? And they're like robots, and they're only designed to cut you in half. Great. Let's make a puppet.
0: Um, also, what's disgusting is the fact that she uses moss to like help his like like bite wound. I'm like, well, that's just going to lead to more infection.
2: Well, if Swamp Thing taught us anything, uh, no, <laughs> that's, that's right. the cleanest water. The clean power power of the swamp
0: <laughs> will heal you.
1: We're done here.
0: Well, the, the machine has said that we do have to wrap things up here, so we might as well get into critics' choice. This is when we look at what the critics were thinking at the time this movie was released. Here's the very weird thing neither roger ebert or pauline kale had a written review for this movie no. and i thought was very weird that they didn't But um, so these are much more recent reviews that i picked from first i'm going to go to tasha robinson from the av club who i like she's a great critic she gave a positive review i don't know how many stars or thumbs up or whatever she gave but she said these are, i just went to uh, rotten tomatoes this time instead of letterbox so this is just like a kind con- a con- um a condensed version of what their whole review is in like two sentences but she wrote the story is a standard fairy tale concoction, but the new agey philosophy about healing and heroism makes for a classic Hanson story, all heart and rapturous wonder at the world's incredible possibilities. That was Tasha Robinson's review.
2: Okay. I don't, can they hear the face I'm making?
0: Yeah, you're oh. scrunching it up. Yeah. It's like you, you, you that's a good, that's a good ca- Agra impression that you're just ca- ca- doing there. In
2: layman's terms, in lay people's terms, what was she trying to say?
0: What do you mean? What is she trying to say? She said she liked it because it was a classic ha- uh, fairy tale.
2: Okay, all right.
0: It's like you use one word that's three syllables. You're like, well, I have no idea what this critic is saying. They're trying to use highfalutin language to try and uh, make their point. If it three
2: syllables, then yes, they are. Okay.
0: Well, here, let me break it down to you. Let me let me dumb it down here for you, Dave. For Dave Kerr of the Chicago Reader, he <laughs> did like this movie. <laughs> no, he says. Henson and Oz designed and directed this 1982 film, in which no human actors appear, except as crude, long-shot doubles for the animated figures. It's a cute gimmick, but the puppets are so stiff and inexpressive that the film drops dead.
2: Wow. I, you know, on Wikipedia, it says Gene Siskel gave it two and a half stars. Hmm. Re- resultant absence of dramatic tension cripples Crystal, which doesn't have much going on for it, save the weird yeah, characters.
0: I mean, I... That's kind of what we said, right? There really is. I wish the story line huh. of him it getting to the crystal like just was walked better. walked
2: in from the bar scene in Star Wars. In fact, a lot of this movie looks like it was ripped off from Star Wars. Take it easy, Gene. Wow, just cool, out, cool your jets, bro. I just and right because we keep talking about Yoda. I mean,
0: yeah, yeah. I was I was talking <laughs> with uh, I was on TikTok the other day and I served a video because I uh, uh, often am of uh, Siskel and Ebert on Letterman. It must have been early 90s because they were talking about Free Willy, which uh, Gene Siskel hated. You can't see the eyes. They're too far apart. I can like something where you can't see their eyes. <laughs> like, was <laughs> like, what are you talking about? <laughs> what are you talking about? So funny.
2: How do they see?
0: Huh. Anyways, um, does this, we have to answer the question we ask each week. Does this hold up and is it still culturally relevant?
2: I don't think it holds up that well. I think we can appreciate the technological awesomeness, mm-hmm. but I, I just feel like the film feels old, and I don't know why. It would suck mind, to just yeah. blame the Gelfling, but uh, there's something about it that's still flat. Um,
0: it's hard, because this whole aesthetic of early 80s films is something I love. So I'll, I know. Yeah, it yeah, is old, sure. but it's like, I like that. I'm going to do a weird answer, because I normally don't answer it in this way, which is, do I think it holds up? No. But weirdly, I do think it's culturally relevant.
2: Yeah, I was <laughs> going to say that. Is, I, think,
0: I, I think it's I think too I far into sc- popular culture to not be relevant still.
2: It's a weird thing that whether people have seen it or not, in our age, mm-hmm. if you say Dark Crystal, they'll know there's a puppet movie. Yeah. I think, you know, maybe late millennials and the Zedders, whatever, they probably have never even conceptualized the idea of a Dark Crystal because it doesn't hold that much impact. Whereas you could probably say Fight Club and somebody who's like mm. 17 might have heard of Brad Pitt's. Beautiful hip bones, right? So um, yeah, on the street, I see people wearing Fight Club t-shirts still. So I think it's not culturally relevant in that sense, but it has cultural impact. So yeah, I'm kind of with you. It dating um, ourselves really right.
0: well that is what we, we do need to rate this film of course but before we do that's what dave and i thought but we'd love to know what you think you can send any feedback to kyle and dave vs the machine at gmail.com you can also find us on twitter or instagram with the handle KDVSTM vstm we release videos on YouTube occasionally, and you can go and find us over there. If you want to see the entire list of films we've watched and the ratings we've given, you can go to our Letterboxd page, letterboxd.com slash katievstm. And if you want to support us monetarily so that we can continue doing this podcast and not usher in the next apocalypse, you can go to our Patreon page. There's a link in the show notes of this episode. You can support for us. You can support us for as low as a dollar per month. Something that you can do for absolutely free is to leave a rating and review on whatever app you use for podcasts. By the way, we should do this a- pretty soon. I believe that with 100 subscribers, we can actually change our URL. Yeah, we agreed so on Dragon Alert. It should Alert. be youtube.com slash kdbstm <laughs> is what it should be. But pretty we'll, sure we we'll
2: agreed on Dragon Alert.
0: But that's um, no. <laughs> so let's get to the rating of this movie. Dave, out of five, what are you going to rate The Dark Crystal?
2: That's a weird one. You know, I'm, I'm going to be pleasant about it and give it a three whoa I like, yeah i feel like it's a bit middling
0: but oh i thought for sure you were in like two 2.5 honestly i know
2: i i am my gut tells me 2.5 but i don't know i when we talk about the technological part and all the Which performances great. aside really from great, the gelflings yeah. yeah everything other than the gelflings actually is not that bad i just hmm. fell asleep because the gelflings are in the movie the whole time
0: <laughs> sure dave i am giving it the exact same rating. Mm-hmm. I can't believe that we uh, we are aligned on this. I thought for sure it was going to be like so much higher than you. That is going to, I guess, uh, average to three. So going up through our list here, um, Tave, do you think this is better or worse than Conan the Barbarian?
2: I think it's worse. Yeah. I don't know why. But okay, what's the next one? Just so well, we can argue. The
0: with... one above that is Smithereens. Uh, the New York City movie, remember, where she's walking I like, through? No, and... I
2: remember. I like, I like Smithereens. I think that, yeah... But just because, I mean, it's not a better movie. Uh, and the, only,
0: <laughs> the only other one is Quarrel, is the yeah. other one that it ties with. Um, but I, I think I agree with you. I think all three of those films, I think, are would be higher up for me personally. Yeah. No. So,
2: all right. Do we rate well, it too high? Like, what's the top of the two point five list?
0: Uh, top of two point five. Well, actually, be technically two point seven five. Dave right, right, right. is losing ground.
2: And then below, what's underneath Losing Ground?
0: Night Shift, Rocky Three, Swamp Thing. So
2: it's close. Yeah. No, that's yeah. fine. I think that's a good spot for it. Yeah.
0: Well, entering our list at the new number 16 position is the Dark Crystal. So right above Losing Ground, right below Conan the Barbarian. I think we're in this... Uh, uh, this. Talk- I was talking with the machine earlier this week, Dave. Sounds like we're in for like a run of children's films, question mark? So let me just push this button here. Oh talk about dark films we're going to be watching the secret of nim mm. next week another film
2: i don't think I'll... the
0: secret is that all mice should die
2: i don't think i'm going to let my son watch that with me either from what i remember okay. but i haven't watched i definitely I watched, watched that, that movie at
0: like eight i definitely did i
2: think so i just don't i watched that when i was a kid and i haven't watched it as an adult yeah so we'll see i'll have to screen i it don't first.
0: think i have probably seen this for over 30. twenty-five years, years I'm going to say yeah. maybe even thirty that I have not seen this movie. Um. All right. Well, I'm just gonna keep uh keep tinkering, tinkering mm-hmm. away here. Mm-hmm. Uh, we should probably get food though at some point. Are
2: you still? You're gonna line that with asbestos and covered oh, f- in lead. Yeah. 82. do they already know. Do I mean, we know? Just
0: lick the lead. Uh, lick the asbestos a little bit and then rub it right into the metal here. Perfect. I just I looked at just shake it in my hands first just like so kind
2: of tease it get all the uh, get all the particles out in the air for the extra warming
0: yeah extra now warmth. all i see are dark crystals everywhere i look everywhere i look dark crystals
1: tom cruise is the hottest robot i've ever seen